teach on uh, the foundations of faith, and I'm calling this the six eyes of faith. Eyes as in not, not this thing, this creature with six eyes, but the letter I. And those six eyes are I believe, I will, I have, I receive, I thank you, and I forgive. Now, we won't get to all six of those, and some of you are going, oh, man, I'm glad I brought my lunch. I'm glad I ate before I came. Well, it won't be that long. We probably won't get into those last two a whole lot. But I want to, I want to establish this because the, the first point that I want you to make, and you can turn to Romans chapter 10 if you want to get your Bible uh, open and, and turn over to Romans chapter 10. You know, everything for a, a Christian's life in God hangs in this statement, I believe. If you think about it, it all begins there. And, and as we begin to relate this, you'll understand that. But also how we receive from God in prayer, how we approach God, there is a belief that's required. There's a faith that's required. And that statement of I believe is so critically important. And, and that's our foundation here in chapter uh, 10, Romans chapter 10. Uh, it, it's where God talks about, or the Apostle Paul teaches how to be saved. But in verse 1, I love this. He says, says, brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they might be saved. For I, have, I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based in knowledge. He says, I know because I, I, I was a Jew among Jews. I, he, uh, Paul was, was highly educated. He was a Pharisee. He, he was well-versed, well-trained. And he said, man, I, I know how zealous they are. I know that they, they are serious about what they're doing, but they're seriously flawed because they're only operating in the knowledge or the thing that they know. Since they did not know the righteousness of God. So the, the, the knowledge that they're basing it on is now an empty knowledge because the new covenant has come. He says, he goes on, he says, uh, to know the righteousness of God and, and sought to establish their, their own, their own way. They did not submit to God's righteousness. Verse 4 says, Christ is the culmination of the law so that there might, uh, may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Now, I had to, I had to stop right there and, and just reemphasize this fact that it's, it says it's for everyone. But notice he didn't stop there. He brought a qualifier into that. The qualifier for everyone is everyone who what? Believes. Good. I'm glad you're all paying attention. You, you, you were just jumping out, you know, getting saying that. You were, you, you were like, well, we, we don't usually get to talk. We usually get called out if we talk, right? No, if he says, he says, for those who believe. So that's the qualifier. Now, I want you to turn. You can hold your place because we're going to come back over there. But uh, over in chapter 3 of, of Romans. I love this because the first statement, the first eye of faith is I believe. And he says here in verse 21. Uh, let me think. Let me look. Yeah, we'll, we'll start at verse 21. He says, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. So everything in the Old Testament has prophesied of this. Verse 22, this righteousness is given through faith, not just any faith. He goes on, he says, faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There again, he's saying, I, I, you, you got to believe. 
I had an opportunity to, to uh, in, in, get, get to know a man I've talked about a little bit. I'm not going to tell a lot of his story because I don't want to, I don't want uh, to, uh, I want our relationship to remain very good. But his belief and my belief was not exactly the same, but loved the interaction. And I love the fact that, that God begins to uh, build a relationship between somebody who has different belief. But when it comes right down to it, there is one way to God. One way to God, and through, that is through faith in Jesus Christ. There, it goes on, he says, There is no difference between the Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So he identifies what we're to believe in. He identifies where that salvation comes. And I, and I know that everybody, probably everybody here, and most of who are watching would know that. But we got to have that solidified in our, in our thinking and our understanding so that we don't allow ourselves under the influence of the, of the world and the system that's in place now that there are so many alternatives to this right here. Verse 25, he goes on, he says, And God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. Again, the, our faith is so important. And he says that we, we must believe. He, he did this to demonstrate His righteousness because of the forbearance He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate His righteousness at the present time so that to, uh, so as to be justified, and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. So he makes it very clear. And we gotta, we got to be able to say, I believe. Now, before you go back to Romans chapter 10, let's look at, or, uh, let's look at Hebrews chapter 11, 1, and most of us could quote this. But I always, I always love to, to come back to this definition of faith, this, this foundational scripture for faith, so that we understand what faith is. Because belief can sometimes be uh, somewhat um, un unclear in the scripture. There's, there's sometimes the Greek word or is a little bit different for one different types of belief. But he's talking about faith as that belief. Now faith is, is the confidence in what we've hoped for, the assurance of what we do not see. Now it's interesting whenever you, you look at this through different translations. I, I always knew it as uh, in the King James, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's the way I always knew it. And then I switched and, and I began to teach out of the NIV. And the NIV says has, has confidence and assurance. And then you go to the English Standard Version, which is a, another popular version, a very, very good, solid version of the Bible. And, and, it, and it says assurance in the first word, and then says conviction in the second word. Well, they're all just kind of synonyms of one another. So I, I like applying all of those in that understanding because I, wanna, I want to have a, a clear picture and a clear understanding of what faith is so that then I can begin to measure where I'm at as I'm praying. Because my faith, when it comes to prayer, is, is critical. My belief in Jesus Christ, my assurance, my confidence, it be, all begins in salvation, then moves into our ability to pray and receive. Now again, look at this. He says, verse 1, now faith is a confidence. King James says substance. Well, let me ask you something. When, when, there is a, so when something is a substance, 
there's a confidence in it. If I have confidence in something, then it's, it's a tangibility. There's a tangibility to it. But yet it's something that we don't see. But yet it's something that we know. See, let me ask you, can you be talked out of your faith? Do you believe in God? Do you, do you know that you know that you know that you're born again? That you made Jesus Lord of your life? Al that sit right here had an accident. I'm, I don't know. I guess we talked about that, but the piles are here, friends. But the man that used to sit with them uh, was killed in an accident just just a few just a, a week or be a week ago Thursday. Very tragic thing. Very sad thing. Very saddened for me. As soon as I heard it, I began to pray. And 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 in this in this circumstance in this situation, but the one thing I knew. He and I never had the conversation, but I knew by the intent of how he listened, how he approached everything, there's no doubt in my mind that he had a relationship with the Lord Jesus. He'd certainly had the opportunity at the end of every service to have given his heart and his life to Jesus Christ. But see, here's the thing. We can take comfort in knowing that. We can take a comfort in knowing that when somebody goes, when somebody passes, if they've made Jesus Lord, we have a knowing and a confidence that they are now with the Lord. And that brings us peace. Well, what about while we're living and we face the storm or we face the challenge? What has God promised us for, for those who believe? See, and that's where we begin to go to the Word of God and we, and we determine this is what I believe and I can't be changed. You know, you can, you can spend a lot of time. I remember a, a time or two where there was uh, people that, that would sit and want to argue with me about the validity of the Bible. They'd want to argue with me about whether or not this was true or, or they'd want to bring all these questions. And I just come down to it after a while. I say, you know, I can't explain to you why, how Noah's boat held all the animals. I can't explain to you how, you know, uh, Daniel didn't get eaten by the lions. I can't explain. Well, I can give you a pretty good explanation. But I can't tell you scientifically with proof. There's some things in here that I just have to, what? Believe. <laughs> you can't talk. I mean, you can't talk. It's, it's kind of like the man who's swimming in the pool. Doing, doing laps like I was last week. Didn't mean to rub that in, just stating a fact. No, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm really sorry. They wanted to put a picture of me up with my, my legs out there sun, sunning, but on the screen. And thank you, Whitney, for not allowing that to happen. But here's the thing. <clears throat> I, if I'm swimming in the pool and you come up and you start telling me there's no water in that pool, what are you going to do? You're going to laugh. I say, aren't you? You're, you <laughs> Do I need to know exactly what the consistency and the chemical makeup and all of how water got in there and know what the, what the, all the, no, I don't know. Do you need to know all that? I just know it's holding me up because I'm floating. And if I don't float, I can't breathe underneath there. I, I, there's not a whole lot I got to know to know, but I can't, it can't be taken away from me. Why? Because the number one eye of faith is I believe. And so I can't be moved by that. I have a confidence, a substance, an assurance, as the, as the uh, ESV says, in what we hope for. Now, that word hope is not a wishing. It's not a wish. It's not a wish this to get better. I hope, you know, what people say, well, I hope things get better. You know, we pray for somebody and, you know, and say, boy, I hope so. Well, see, there, that's, that's just a wish. 
That's not the same thing. A Bible hope is a hope based on God's Word that has a blueprint for what I'm standing on and where my substance comes from. When I read the Scripture and I read what we're going to read here in a minute out of, out of Romans chapter 10, or when I read that out of Romans chapter 3, and it said, Jesus Christ paid, the, paid for my sins, made it so that all could come to the, in, into the faith, that we could receive I then am able to have my expectant hope that when I die, I'm going to step from this, the, the, this place into the presence of God. Because that's what the Bible says. You say, well, can you explain that? I can give you parts. I can't give you the exact. But I absolutely know it to be a fact because God and His Word are true. And see, I've just settled that fact. That's, what, that's part of what believing does is it settles. But it has an earnest persistence. That's what that hope is. See, because faith in this assurance of things hoped for is things not yet seen, not yet manifest, but yet there's a knowing on the inside, a confidence that when I pray, when I say, it, it'll be done. It'll be mine. And, 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 and expect, there's an expectation with that hope. There's an a, a expectation because of the blueprint. And it says of things hoped for and the assurance. See, it flipped the, NIV and, and, and ESV flip those words, but it's the evidence this is, is the next word. Or it could be the conviction. See, when, I have an, when there's an evidence of it, when there's an, an assurance of it, when there's a, conv, there's a conviction that comes along with that, I'm, there's a conviction that says, I'm, this is what I believe in, I hold, faith, I hold fast to that. Now he goes on here, and, and he goes down to verse 6. And he says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe. And what's he got to believe? That he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, we, we need to understand that faith is, is required. Without faith, we can't believe in, in Jesus. Without understanding and knowing that God is a good God, that he's a rewarder. In other words, he'll do what he said he's going to do. It's without that faith it, it, we, can, we can't please God. You know, there's, there's something I want to talk a little bit about, and, and I wrote it in my notes as the power of the question mark. See, how does the, how does the devil attack us? How does he come, on, come after us? He begins just like he did Jesus. Remember in Luke chapter 4, when Jesus came out of the wilderness, he'd been fasting, and, and the devil came to him to tempt him. And what did he say? If, if you're the Son of God... What was, he, what was he saying? I got a little question here. And, and he's trying to present that question and, and begin to cause Jesus to react in a way. But what did, how did Jesus respond? He said, no, it's written. It's, it's written. He could have, you know, Jesus could have called down fire or, or call, you know, he could have just crushed the devil, drove him off. I mean, he had all power still as a son of God. But yet as the man, that he, him choosing to set aside the, the deity power, that advantage, what that means. He came to the earth as a man, anointed of the Holy, of the Holy Spirit. Still the Son of God, but coming as that man. And what did he do? He defeated Satan the same way we're to defeat Satan. The question mark. We use the word. See, that's the that's the substance. That's the 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 ability to believe. That's the confidence and the conviction that comes from a hope that is established as a blueprint from God's word. 
See, every time there's, we're in that midst of that storm or we're in the midst of that trial or that challenge. You know, uh, I had uh, somebody, uh, and, I, and I can't remember the exact instance, but uh, somebody was telling me, relating a story to me, and, and they said, you know what, when I went into this, it was a health uh, situation, and, and I honestly don't remember exactly the situation, but I remember the statement that moved me so much. He said, this person said, I knew when I went in, it was done. I knew that healing was mine. And you know what? They, we prayed and we stood. And you know what? It wasn't instant. It, it didn't happen. You know, we, we, we like it when we pray, man, Max, bam, it's done, right? We want to pray and receive. We, we want it to be like a McDonald's drive through You know, we want, to, we want to go through, place our order, pull up to the window, get our stuff, and go to eat. And we want to receive. We don't like that waiting stuff. And so, but, but because it was settled... The question that would come, the thoughts that say, well, this might not work. Oh, this, oh, you know. And, and all the, the, the ways that the devil manipulates our, 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 and challenges our faith. But see, why does so, so many struggle? Because sometimes they can't, we can't wrap our mind around all of it. But faith has the ability to believe simply based on, God, you said it. And I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust you. Now we have to condition ourselves for that. But turn back over to Romans chapter 10. And I want to, I want to go a little bit further in this. I, I love this block of Scripture that's so rich. And, and, but let's, uh, let's trim it down to just verse 8. And, and uh, through 12 here he says in Romans 10, 8, But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, I don't know about you, but there was a time in my life that I had done those things, and yet I didn't feel like I was saved. Now, I got over that a long time ago because I, I learned to go back to, but God, I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not looking at it by what, I, what, what the outward appearance is at times. I'm putting my faith in the fact that you said, if I believe in my heart, and I do, and I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord, and I did, then what's the end result? Salvation. See, he says we're saved. Now, does that give us a right just to go then go live any old way we are? No, that's not what we're saying. But we are going to stub our toe. We are going to be put in a situation where we're going to get mad or angry or, or we're going to have a, a bad thought or we're going we're gonna, to, you know, we were talking about it even in men's Bible study this morning where, where uh, there was a, uh, you know, people said, well, you know, uh, uh, one, one person was sharing their testimony of, of losing their testimony. Because they lost their cool and they, they treated somebody harshly and they cussed them out. And he said, I know I'll never have opportunity to minister to that person again. I said, you know what? Just remember something. The power of salvation is it's not based on works. It's based on believing with the mouth or with the heart and confession with the mouth. Declaring Jesus as Lord. Works should follow. Works will follow. We'll continue to grow. They'll get better. But here's what it's also based on. The forgiveness of sin, past, present, future. 
What's He given us? The weapon of confession of our sin. The weapon of the Word of God going into our mouth. What's the Word of God concerning repentance? 1 John 1.9. 1 John 1.9 is one of my... Was, used to be. Still, I still need it. But I don't need it like every day like I used to. <laughs> Boy, there was, a, there, was, there was a time when I needed it every day. That, Lord, you know, what, you know what 1 John 1.9 is? Confess your sins and He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what that does? That's, I, I heard a guy say this one time. I just thought of this. It, it's, like, it's like, you know, Clark Kent. Y'all remember Clark Kent? He's that mild-mannered reporter or whatever in the world he was. Suit and tie, Mr. Business. What happened when he went into the phone booth? He'd have a hard time today, wouldn't he? <laughs> in no phone booths anymore. But you know what? What did he do when he came out? Well, who was he? Superman. See, 1 John 1 9 is like the phone booth for Superman. We go in the failure, we go, but we come out the forgiven. We come out the changed, the transformed, the, the has the new identity. Man, what a powerful thing. He goes on here in verse 10. He says, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that your profession of your faith, you profess your faith and are saved. So it's with the heart we believe, but with the, with the mouth confession is made. See, God puts the two together, and that's part of our faith is that we have to believe. But, but He also has called us to speak. You see, one thing I forgot to, to point out here is that when we start talking about faith and we start talking about these eyes of faith, what we got to understand is there's two parts. There's a Godward part and a manward part. I don't know if those are really words. I just made them up. But there's a God part and a man part. We got something to do, and God has already done His part. He's made the provision for us, but what do we have to do? See, it's available to all mankind, but we got to do our part, which is we've got to confess with our mouth. And we've got to take and apply that belief. We've got to settle in our heart and our mind that it is the substance of the things we hope for, and it's the evidence. It's all I need. It's the evidence of things not seen. See, I've got to learn to trust God. When I couldn't, when I couldn't walk it out every day, when I, or when I struggled to, I had to come back to a place constantly and learn to get it settled that God, no matter how I feel, my faith says and your word says that I'm saved. Now, what that did was it got the condemnation off of me, so I quit running from God when I sinned and I ran to Him. Big, big difference. Whoo, man, big difference. Run to God when you sin. When you run to God when you sin, what do you do? You get away from it. I heard a guy use an illustration. He says, you ought to be a buffalo, not a cow. I don't know if this is really true, but it's a cool illustration. He said, buffalo turn into the storm and go through it because they know when the storm's coming in, if they head towards the storm, that's the quickest way to get out of it. Where do you see cattle? They're always on the south side of the north blowing storm, piled up on the fence. And when the drifts get high enough, what do they do? They just keep going over the fence. I've seen, had some snows where they were like that. But the cattle will go away from it. What are they doing? If the storm's moving this way and you're moving with it, what are you doing? You're staying in the storm. 
See, we've got to be willing to, to turn and run to our salvation. You say, well, you know, God might be, God, God's going to judge me or I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Think about that. Why would you be embarrassed to take your sin before God? It's not like you're surprising Him. <gasps> no, He already knew it. He already knew it. And you know, He still loved you. As, as ornery as some of those people watching, none of you. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but as much as we fail, that's the thing. God loves us that much. He's just waiting for us. Let's get this, let's get this out of the way so we can go on. See, God has a, a, a bigger thing for us than, than to, to remain there. God wants us to walk that out. You see, but the question mark would be, well, can God? Would God? Could God? And you know what? If we even when we get past the point of of having of struggling with God is big enough, we have trouble sometimes with them singing, doing it in us. But that's why God gave us His Word. That's why He said, "Your Second Corinthians five seventeen, you're a new creation, new creature in Christ Jesus." Man, and you're a work in progress. I know some of you. Yeah, you got some ways to go. <laughs> it's funny. We all do. But you know what? We keep progressing. We keep growing in Him. We keep pursuing. The second thing is this, is I will. And, and I, there's two sides of this as well. And I want to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 30. We're probably not going to get through all this tonight. I don't worry too much about trying to get through everything. But turn to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Uh, awesome, awesome passage of Scripture. I, I, I love this in verse 11. And, and there is a God side that says, I will. And there's a man's side that says, I will. I love the, the illustration of, and the story of Abraham that we may get over to in, in a little bit. But Abraham came to God and God came to Abraham. And God said at one point, he, he used the terminology. He said, as for me, this is what I'm doing. He basically threw it to Abraham and said, now will you believe? Well, then in verse 11 of Deuteronomy chapter 30, now understand Deuteronomy is Moses, end of his life, getting ready to hand off to, to Joshua. He's, he's talking to the children of Israel right before they go into the promised land. This book was written just for a short period of time, about a, I've heard of about a month period of time where, where he's giving his final address to the people. But he says in verse 11, now, now what am I commanding you today to, to, is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. That ought to be encouraging. It's not too difficult for you. It's not beyond your reach. You say, well, I try and I fail. I try and I fail. What does the Word of God say about our failure and our weakness? Oh, man, I've got a bunch of Scripture. This morning, my, my Bible study at High Call, I, I said, tell yourself. That was the title. Tell yourself. There's sometimes you need to look at you in the mirror and tell yourself. This is what we believe. Well, see, what, what does God say about our failure? failure? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That good old Philippians 4.13, you know that verse, most of you. I can do all things. I can do. I can do. You can, you, can, you can camp out on each one of those words, building faith right there. I can do. I can do. But you don't stop there. Through Christ. I can do all things. Anything I face, I got it. I can do it. Through how? Through the strength of God. So we, we bring that. He says, it's not too hard for you. And he goes on in verse 2, he says, or 12, I mean, he says, It is not up in heaven so that you would ask. 
who will ascend into the heavens uh, to to uh, who will ascend into the heavens to get it and, and proclaim it so that we may obey it. it is, nor is it beyond the sea, so that you have to ask, who will cross over the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we can obey it? No. The Word is very near you. It is in your mouth and it is in your heart, so you may obey. These verses, I didn't read the other verses over there in Romans chapter 10, but this is the exact quote that, that, that Paul was quoting. He said, I read that part, but even the part right before it, he said those same exact words, who's going to go get it for us? And he says, it's in your heart. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. Verse 15. So I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, to keep His commandments, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering in to possess. They were getting ready to go into that promised land. And it wasn't going to be without battle or fight. It wasn't going to be without obstacle. But he said, I've given it to you. And now I've done my part. Now you do your part. He says, I want you to, to, to step into that. He make a choice. He said, I present you the options. I put it before you. God did his part. And he's saying, now... Now, what's your part? He goes on in verse 17. But if, if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, if you're drawn away and bow down to other gods and worship them, then I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will no, not live long in the land that you're crossing over, over the Jordan to enter in to possess. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to His voice. Hold fast to Him. For the Lord is your life, and He will give you many years in the land He swore to, to, to give you, your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Man, look at that. He says, I present before you life and death. You see, there's an, there's an I believe, and then there's a, 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 an I will. God presented them His will. All throughout this, you ought, you ought to look. I hope you, you see this. This is, a, this is the will of God for us. When we begin to read this, we read it as, as God's will, His, His I will towards us. And we've got to ask ourselves, okay, God, what do I have to do to receive? What's, what's my part that I do? Uh, I, I need to be able to say I will. Uh, now, how do we do this? And we'll wrap this up with this but, but for tonight. But uh, how do we align our will and God's will? You know, God, in, when I read the Bible throughout it, I don't see a book of do's and don'ts. I don't see God trying to take away. Now, there was a time when I thought God was all he was about was kind of like my mama. She was just trying to take all my fun away. Had to come home at 11 o'clock. Couldn't be running around doing stuff I shouldn't do. I'll just leave it and let your imagination run wild there. All this stuff I, will, I, I thought I needed to do, I wanted to do. Said no. And that's all I saw the Bible was about. But I can tell you that after living for God for all these years, He is giving. If there's anything that He asks of us, he multiplies it back in, in the good or things he's removing by subtracting from our life. I'll guarantee you he's replacing it with something better because God's a God who gives. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's not looking to limit your life. He's looking to increase your life. 
I should have got an amen right there. I was fixing to amen myself. That's a, that's a good one. So how do we align that thing? And I'll just close with this. Psalms 37, 3 through 5. Favorite verses of mine. I, I talk about them a lot. But he says, Trust in the Lord your God. Feed on His faithfulness. And he says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Psalms 37, 3 through 5 ought to, be, ought to be foundational scriptures for you because it sets our heart, our will. I don't want anything to desire anything that's not God's, God's best for me. I want my, my I will and His I will to align. I want our hearts to, to align. Therefore, I'm in the place that I, I need to be so God's blessing comes so that I can do all the things He's called me to do and you to do. So we can be a blessing to others. You know, uh, God, uh, uh, in, in Psalms 37, again, 3 through 5, Trust in the Lord uh, with all your heart. Feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, give, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Then He says, Commit your way to Him, and He'll bring it to pass. Those began to be a daily confession, daily speaking of, uh, over my life as a young man when I was struggling to get my heart right. In other words, get my, my I will in line with His I will. And I begin to make that my, my prayer every day. God, I, I thank you that I trust in you. I feed on your faithfulness. I feed on your faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, that I, I delight in you. I make you my focal point. My, you my first thought. That you give me the desires of my heart. That means that he gives me the things I should desire for. But it also means that as I desire things, he's going to bring it to pass. You know, you may have that dream or that goal or that desire that you have. Maybe in relationships, maybe in, in finances, maybe in business. You know what? Here's the thing. All of that ought to be up before God. God doesn't want you to not have as long as it's good for you. When I set my will for, for with, and adjust my will to God's, He begins to keep me in His pace. That means that he's going he's gonna to keep me at, at, at the right place at the right time, allowing things to begin to come into place so that when it comes, it's a blessing and not a curse. You ever pursued something and got something, a relationship or a business or a job or a career or a hobby, and then it consumed you in a way that wasn't all good? You know, we want to be in step with God. I'm going to leave that right there. And we're going to wrap this up for, for tonight. I've got two or three more, four more points that, that I believe will be really good for next week. I challenge you, just begin to think about even those two things where my faith is concerned. I believe. Ask yourself, are there places where you struggle to believe? Stop trying to figure it all out in your head and just simply say, God, I'm going to trust you. That's a good place to start. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we just come before you tonight, and, and we thank you, Lord, that we can pray and know that you hear us because your word says. Lord, we can, we can take each one of, each idea, each thought, everything, and Father, we can draw it back to your word. Father God, every question that, that, that would be presented, I pray that you lead people to your word that answers it. And Father, in, in areas that are hard for us to understand, that Lord will be willing to set it on the shelf and say, Lord, I'm not going to let my, that question keep me from my faith in you. 
Father, I pray that if there's anybody within the sound of my voice, either here or watching online, that has never made Jesus Christ Lord of their life, they can tap into the most amazing life through acceptance and doing just what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says. If we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, is my Lord. Can you say that? If, you, if you've never said that before, make that your prayer tonight. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you gave, you've given me the opportunity for life. I choose life. I choose forgiveness. I choose by your, by your grace and your mercy and your love for me. I choose to receive you as Lord. If you're praying that prayer for the first time, I pray that you, you meet me at the top or, or if you're online that you connect with us through the online ministry. Father God, I praise you and I thank you that you'll be at work in the lives of these people who pray that prayer. Maybe you're, you're that person who needs to, to say, I, I, I need to change my I will. I believe, but my I will is nowhere near lining up with you, Lord, with, with God. If you want to make that a change in your prayer, you simply say, Lord, my heart is yours. Do like the, 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 the psalmist David said, creating me a clean heart, O God. Re restore, renew a steadfast spirit in me. Re renew, restore the joy of my salvation. I pray for anybody who is in this place or watching that needs that. You need renewed in the joy of your salvation. Pray, Father God, that you meet them right where they're at, whether they're driving, whether they're whether they're uh, at home, whether they're out somewhere, wherever they're at. Even months later, years later, they get a hold of this message that Father God, that they would be they'd be touched by you. God, I thank you and I praise that you love us enough to know exactly where we are and meet us right where we right right in that place. I pray those things in Jesus' name, Amen, and Amen.